What is going on, everybody? This week's episode of the Golf Guide Podcast is proudly presented by GolfGuide.net. It is a great place located on the interwebs. That's right, GolfGuide.net. Who'd have thought? Uh, It's a great place to do a couple of things. The first, to find great deals on golf all over Northern California and uh, its neighboring states. We have rounds of golf up to 70% off uh, at golf courses, again, across Northern California with a bunch up in Tahoe, Nevada, Oregon. Um, And you know what? We're always trying to add more on there as well. So uh, you can visit golfguide.net to save on golf. We also have a great online directory where you can look for golf courses uh, using any number of, uh, of things. If you're looking for the most difficult golf courses on the West Coast, you can go there and search for golf courses all across the states that touch the Pacific Ocean by course rating, uh, slope rating, all that kind of stuff like that. It's just a really cool little resource to be able to research uh, golf courses on the West Coast. And then finally, you can also uh, join me uh, at Gamble Sands and Bannon Dunes later this year as part of uh, Golf Guide's new events. We're going to be at Gamble Sands October 10th through the 13th, Thursday through Sunday. And then we're going to be at Bannon Dunes December 13th through 17th. If you would like more information or you would like to sign up, Visit golfguide.net and click on the events tab at the top of the web page. That's it. No more ad reads. Let's get it to it. Uh, Jess is here. We are talking Gary Woodland's win at the U.S. Open here on the Golf Guide Podcast. <laughs> Uh, welcome back, ladies, gentlemen, mostly gentlemen. Uh, this week's episode of the Golf Guide Podcast. Uh, I am joined by my good friend, uh, Chief Blogging Officer, Jess Stemak, to discuss a very excellent and what I think is going to be a pretty memorable and pretty terrific uh, U.S. Open for just an absolute multitude of reasons. But uh, before we do that, we say hello to Mr. Stemak. Jesper, how are we doing this evening, sir? I'm exhausted, buddy. I was I was live tweeting Friday and Saturday. <laughs> I'm trying to keep up with those guys today. It's a, it's a marathon. I, I was actually like out of town on Friday and like uh, and I wasn't checking my phone most of Saturday. And I got your text message on like Saturday night saying, "This is too good. I think I'm gonna have to start live tweeting this thing." I was like, "God, this is oh. incredible." <laughs> oh, Friday, Friday and Saturday, I I gave it my all. I mean, I was I was trying to give it my all at work on Sunday, but. Those guys are those guys are live tweeting like every minute. I mean, I think I got to get a CT for Carpal Tunnel, Kyle. <laughs> what was your experience going full major championship live tweeting? Did, did you feel like you were you were educating the masses while also staying as informed as possible? One hundred percent. Yeah, it was. It was. I had. I, I'm going to be honest. I, I had to work pretty hard on my days off. Uh, so it's a lot of work. I mean, grinded it's a lot of work. Uh, it was an absolute grind, uh, Ooh. trying to keep up with ship and, uh, it, I mean, that guy, it, it, it was a lot, uh, you know, was live dialed tweet, in like this every, weekend. oh dude, it, dude, the ESPN caddy, uh, he, he live tweets like every 20 seconds, Ooh. like with links. Like I was copying and pasting photos, <laughs> but he was, he was taking uh, it to a whole nother level. That's incredible. Oh, yeah. what's his name? Michael something, ESPN caddy. Yeah, he's yes, he, yes. He is he is fantastic. Um, we'll, is. Sh- well, shoot, man. Let, let's. Uh, I got a couple items I wanted to hit this year. You know, hit with you tonight. 
we're uh, about you know a little over 24 hours removed. So, I mean, why why start anywhere but uh, with the, you know, I I I don't think I'm being disrespectful here when I say the surprising champion, Gary well, Woodland. Not surprising, but well, I mean that's thing is like refreshing. He, we, 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 before when we did this uh, our preview tournament last week or our preview podcast last week, we were yeah. saying that dude. There's like 20 guys that could probably win this golf tournament. Gary Woodland was one of those 20, so I, I shouldn't say it's a complete surprise. Like he, he's absolutely talented enough to win a tournament. Um, but just a breath of fresh air. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just it's just not a name you heard a lot of people uh, talking about going in this weekend as having a great chance to win. And you know what? Uh, as as you mentioned right before we started recording, it's just no, nobody else was going to win this week with how well Gary Woodland played. It was an absolute masterclass that he put on at Pebble Beach. Oh. It was, he had a game plan that he stuck to, and it was, he didn't, I mean, he didn't waver at all. Uh, the, the only place where you saw he wavered was he was thinking about laying up on 14. Uh, mm-hmm. Good thing he didn't. Uh, God believe he, here's the thing. Did he pull the three-wood, or did he know that maybe a little bit left because that grass was long? and he's chipping uphill was better than, and if you're going to miss right, most times you come off it, it doesn't fly quite as far. If that kind of comes back down the slope behind the bunker, then you're kind of, you're kind of bringing six into play, but you saw where Kepka pulled his wedge to, you know, years past that was all shaved and it had a chance to go out of bounds, which shouldn't be the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, it should be long there, but that was, I'm, I, I'm thinking in the back of his mind, he's thinking, okay, obviously, if I catch one, we get it up there by the green. If not, the bunker's not for The bunker takes six out of play. Uh, gives yourself a good chance of getting it up and down. That was a great shot. And then, I mean, that hole the day before when it looked like he was going to make six or seven and somehow his ball stayed on the ridge and he hoops that 60-footer or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, number 14 was a very big hole. 14? 14 was just, for him yeah. was a huge hole. Well, I, I thought it was interesting huge. because you were saying that he was thinking about laying up. And to me, I, yeah. I, I it, it didn't seem like he was laying up because he thought strategically that was going to be yeah. the best thing. It, it, he it was just, he was not hitting his driver well at all for the previous, for like four or five holes. I mean, I, I think he'd missed, yeah. like what, like he missed every fairway back till six? He had took a, an iron off the tee? He had a, he had a two-way miss going, <clears throat> which is never good with rough like that in the USGA no. event. Um, so, but you know yeah. what, dude? He he hit it so far right on 13, he had a shot. Yeah. If he only misses a fairway <laughs> by 10 yards, he's making bogey. But he missed it by 45. Yeah. How, did, how did Adam Scott – you don't even – there's a full football field right of that bunker. I have no idea how Adam Scott hit it out of bounds. That was on thirteen right after being so dialed. That was, Dude, he was so I, dialed I, in. I, I, oh. You don't even you don't even see the out of bounds takes on that hole. That was confounding. That 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 was probably the one shot of the whole tournament. Where I was like, really? Did that really just happen? That shows, <clears throat> he was the hottest player on Sunday in the U.S. Open, and he does that. They're oh. human, dude. They're yeah. human. If that's not the biggest example, then I don't know what is. Yeah, it was. It, but it was I was crazy. like, I felt. I was like, whoa. And I didn't, I, you know, luckily I was, it was Sunday and I couldn't lie to you because I probably would have had a field day with that one. Yeah. I mean, I, I think one thing that uh, has to be noted for Gary Woodland for this past weekend is that just how aggressive he was on Sunday with the plan that he went to, oh, went into with that. Yeah. I mean, because the thing is, you know, 
you you told me this right before we started uh, recording the podcast. Maybe you want to say it again. Just in terms of Brooks Kepka, like he probably should have won by three, right? If not for Gary Woodland. Yeah. No, I mean uh, everything, and we've talked about it before. You have to get some breaks to win a major championship, just like you do to win an NBA championship. You've got to get some breaks. Having two Hall of Famers is a pretty good break. Yes. Uh, Two, two all-famers go out. It's a pretty good break for the Raptors. Um, <laughs> the thing, and then you look at, like, 17, dude. He, like, two-stroke lead. Some some guys with a little less confidence probably try and put that ball through the fringe, give themselves a 15-footer, 20-footer par, take five out of play. Not not G-Dub. Not, not no. Gary Woodland. No. He grabs his 64-degree uh, pretty much just – Drops it on the table and says, "Here it is, boys. Come and get it." Uh, I mean, that, that that shot was unbelievable, Kyle. It, it was incredible. that was unbelievable. I could not agree more. It, it was an absolute. Under those circumstances, I mean, come on, all balls, dude. And then no, no JV in looked, that shot. All balls. Did I, he might have? He might have hit three seven irons or three eight irons on eighteen, and I absolutely love the play. <laughs> I, I have to agree with that. that. That seemed like that was the one exception for the round. Like as soon as he had a was like a two shot lead on eighteen to play, he's basically Tiger at you know at, at Augusta on Sunday, just making sure that he making making sure that he wins this thing. I mean, if he makes a par, I mean even even a bogey, he's like hey, bogey still wins, par's great. But I mean, the whole rest of the round, he he's playing aggressively, just like you said on fourteen. But I mean, like he 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 was hitting a lot of drivers, especially early in that round, um, and. and I think he learned from last year at the PGA Championship. There's a little antidote that uh, I read from one of the uh, writers on Golf.com, but it's it's true that when Gary Woodland had a 36-hole lead at Bellarive last year at the PGA Championship, he gets paired with Brooks Kepka. He hits an iron off the tee, and Brooks Kepka, you know, one shot back going into the third round, hits a fucking driver right to the middle of the fairway, 60 yards out, flips it up, taps in for a birdie, one shot lead is gone, momentum, Gary Woodland, gone yeah. forever. You know, and, and, and I think he... He may speaking, have <laughs> speaking of momentum, when Kepka didn't birdie six after having two oh five in to argue arguably the easiest pin on that green, when he didn't birdie six and then missed the short putt on seven, mm-hmm. the absolute what little wind was just robbed from his sails. <laughs> uh that start was so impressive. If he birdies, Kyle, if he birdies six, I think we probably have a different outcome. Yeah, I, I don't know if I don't know if Woodland still wouldn't have won, but I'm thinking because he never got, he never got. I mean, he got. He was. I think that might have been it. Uh, you could just see. He it, obviously, you want momentum coming into that stretch. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, that would have been, but at the same, so you know, we talked about before we came on. Here's the thing: a couple things I'm going to throw at you, please. Brooks Kepka is by far so much better than everyone else right now because one, Gary Woodland's not in the field and doesn't have an unbelievable week. He wins his third straight U.S. Open by three. Okay. He was second in the tournament by three. And for the week, he was 52nd in strokes gained putting. 
second. The guy the first three days, and the guy shot shot in 60 every round and left strokes on the table. I mean, he's so much better than everyone right now. It's it's like he's he's dude, he could spot in a major. He could spot guys like three strokes at the start of the week, mm-hmm. and he's still gonna love his odds. The guy is so confident. Okay, I'm off him. I'm off him. Back to Woodland. No, it's okay. I like his quote. I like his. I like his quote. Uh, he goes when he's doing the, the press afterwards. He goes, "I'm more nervous right now than I was all day on the course." How cool <laughs> is that? <laughs> oh, it's phenomenal. I mean, that, that's the thing. Is like, I, 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 you know. Obviously, we work in golf. You know, we follow golf a lot closer than like you know the average fan. So we're familiar with Gary Woodland. But even, we, even with that being so, I admittedly, you know, before you know, it's like I always enjoyed watching Gary Woodland play golf. But I didn't know a whole lot about Gary Woodland, the man, other than I loved his composure when he'd play. I love how he was one of those cool as a cucumber oh, yeah. guys that just never got too, never got high, never got low. Very much in the same way of Brooks Kepka, but almost with the little, like you know, kind of easy Midwestern boy kind of swag, like that you know. Brooks has got the kind of like uber intense, like kind of like Florida dude mm-hmm. swag, you know, the guy who's. <laughs> you know what I think, dude? I, I, I think it, a lot of it comes from their childhood and their background. And in a video I, I put on uh, Instagram.com, uh, <laughs> he talks about playing a ton of sports growing up and just having, and he said he had so much belief in himself if basketball didn't work collegially come back to golf because he knew how to compete it's pretty incredible he knew every team he played on as a kid was a winning team he knew and knows how to compete it, it's you look at brooks I, I guarantee golf wasn't the only sport he played. we know about dustin johnson's basketball background a lot of these younger guys that are out there just mopping up right now they're they're athletes they grew up playing Four different sports. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they they know how to compete, uh, and it was. I, I loved hearing him talk about that. It was so cool. It was so cool. I mean, I you got to just root for the guy, man. It's he's he's always been kind of like that guy that we wondered if he was going to make that next step. You know what I mean? Kind of similar to Fowler, but with more physical skills. You know what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent. Like there's shots, there's shots. Gary Woodland can hit that Ricky Fowler can't. Ricky Fowler's a great ball striker and he's pulled a long way. But there's shot, like he has. Gary Woodland has a lot, lot, lot of tools in the bag and a lot of potential. And I like how he realized what he needed to sharpen up on. And he's working with Pete Town, and he's just he's he's. I mean, it happens. You know, there takes there's a maturity level, a maturity kind of like waiting room we talked about. Dude, he's. I think this, uh, like we talked, who knows? This could be a Phil type win. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Obviously, Phil was Phil was a prominent winner before he got his first major, and Woodland's won three times. Uh, obviously, if you'd ask him, probably you know hasn't hasn't you know probably under underperformed uh, today. But that was that was like a really 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 impressive win. Yeah. Um, really impressive. Yeah, and yeah. I think. I I I bet you totally agree with me, Kyle. The USGA needs to be so thankful <laughs> to Pebble. They need to be so. I mean, that golf course. It just 
first of all, that's the best I've seen those greens look by far. Oh, the greens looked immaculate. By far. Uh, yeah, you're going to get the complaints from guys like Tyler, which Tyler complains about everything on the fence. <laughs> feels like he can. He feels like he can because he's from California. But those greens looked unbelievable. The fairways were unbelievable. The only reason we didn't see the the winning total around four or five under is because there was no wind. Yeah, that's true. There's no wind, and with, it was so hot the couple days leading into the tournament too that the yeah. USGA decided to just water the golf course because they didn't want to get baked out. So they decided to err a little bit on the side of caution. But I didn't think yeah. it took away from the setup at all, man. I, I thought the course as easy as it was no, for like the lack of wind. It, there it, was it was great. Then they definitely like those shots coming in the nine, dude. Those balls usually just bounce right towards the back of the green, and and in the bay. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm that. We talked about it. So I remember I said it was going to play like 4.7. It played 4.4, and it was the hardest hole in the course. But I'm, I'm, I'm taking that point three because there's no win, Kyle. Oh, I'm uh, taking that point three and putting it in my pocket, saving it for later. You can have it, my friend. I mean, uh, that's the thing is like, a, 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 a five, what, 5.30 into the win versus, I mean, dude, like that that's a massive, massive difference. And so, I yeah, I, I, I could not agree more with you. Um yeah, overall, I thought the setup was great, man. I mean, just a, just a little bit of wind, all of a sudden, you know, Gary Woodland's winning score maybe goes up five strokes, you, you know, at, at the yeah. le- at least. So, yeah. um, and that's the other thing is like the majority of the field outside of Gary Woodland and uh, Brooks Kepka, you know, I mean, like the scores, you know, weren't that absurdly low. I mean, I guess by U.S. Open standards, sure, like a couple strokes, but, um, you know, I mean, this golf tournament got the highest ratings of any U.S. Open in over six years. Uh, and it, yeah. p- p- sure, it's partly because you know it's at Pebble Beach, but you know, and a yeah. big part of it is it's prime time you know, on the East Coast, which yeah. I, I oh, we, fantastic. We, we can get into all, how much better this West all. Coast. Oh, we can get into oh. how much better the West Coast U.S. Opens oh. are if, if we really need to. Um, I, I saw a clip of let's hey let's shorten the rotation of U.S. Open courses. <laughs> I'm okay. Yeah. All right. What, what do you got for me, Tori? See you later. <laughs> sorry, Tori. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, Don't be sorry. But I mean, Pebble, Oakmont, Pinehurst. I know everyone's in love with Bethpage, but they're in the PGA rotation. Let, let them hang their hat on that no, now. I, I, think, I, mean? I, think, I think it's better as a PGA championship course anyway. It's a much better uh, venue for a PGA championship. USGA just plus 13 will win it next time it's there. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, let's... God, it's... it's you re- Pebble is, I've forgotten how much I've missed it. You know I, what I mean? I, dude, I mean, that's the thing. Is like, the, they're basically, if they keep on, there's so many great courses on the East Coast that uh, are, are stored U.S. Open venues. They can never not go back to them. But instead of yeah. doing this thing where they play three East Coast U.S. Opens to every one on the West Coast, or sometimes even more, why don't, yeah. they, just go, why don't they just go back and forth? I mean, the, the benefits of having the U.S. Like Open the in prime time in better weather where it's not humid, there's almost never weather delays. You know, you're not... You, I mean, that that's the most infuriating thing about uh, U.S. Opens and, and just weather in general in uh, other parts of this country is that it's just unpredictable at this time of year where it, on the West Coast, you know what you're going to get? A lot of sunlight and maybe some fog for Monterey. That, that's about it. And you get to watch in prime time. Oh, wait, wait. Somebody, so somebody explain the drawbacks to me. You know, let's, let's spitball here, Kyle. Uh, <laughs> you know, if we're going, let's say... Let's say six course rotation. 
and this was the first one in rotation. And we'll go West Coast, East Coast, back and forth. Next year, I have no problem with Wingfoot. I'm sure you agree. Mm-hmm. Then we come back to Olympic. Yep. And then I think you probably you probably go Oakmont. Yeah. Yeah, o- o- Oakmont's got to be in there. Absolutely. You go to Oakmont, and then you come back. Where, where are we going on the West Coast? LACC. I like LACC. I like Riv. Yeah, I mean, um, I, yeah, totally. I, you know, I don't know, you know, we, you know, of course, hasn't been in the rotation in a long time. It's still Holly um, in anything. Um, that's ne- a really, really, really sweet place. Yeah, I've, I've never, uh, I've never been, and I don't really recall watching any major championships at Holly because it's, yeah. it's a little, it's a little ways back. So, mm. yeah. So if we go, if we go, let's let's say LA Country Club. And then from there, I mean, are we going Oakland Hills? Are we going Shinnecock? Um, do we go Marion? Maybe, maybe Marion? I mean, here, here's the thing. is like Marion is definitely like the coolest of those golf courses they can yeah. play this tournament at. Um, you know, with the way they have to trick that golf course out for it to work, I, you know, yeah. it's kind of unfortunate. And th- that's what they're trying to, in, in, in USGA, learn their lesson. This week they didn't need to trick it up. So maybe... Maybe maybe Marion's an alternate, um, but places like but then again, Olympia Fields. You, you got to think. Mean, I mean, as much as I hate to admit it, there's probably even some places that are like not on the East Coast. Oh, it sounds so crazy, but like in the Midwest uh, yeah. that you could probably play. Yeah. I mean, was it Southern Hills? Probably pretty sweet. I mean, Southern was, Hills. Southern Hills would be pretty great. <laughs> it would be yeah. pretty great. Um, yeah. So I mean. I don't know, man. This the, the West Coast thing, prime time golf for East Coasters. I mean, at, at, as a person who loves playing golf, I could think of nothing better than like being able to go out on my Sunday, play golf all day, and then come home, turn my television on at 5 p.m., and get to watch five straight hours. Like basically sit down at 5 p.m. and then get to watch the last four groups tee off and watch all 18 holes. Like that, that sounds quite possibly like the most enjoyable Sunday I could possibly imagine. It's, no, it's all the all my buddies that were on the East Coast watching. I mean, they're they're tweeting about it. Sure. You know, it's, this is great. Yeah, it's I, I can't. It's I think yeah. And you know, I I begrudgingly got to give it. Hey, the broadcast was so much better than oh, years past. Okay, good. I, I'm I'm glad you took it there because we're actually without even me trying to take us there. We are really just knocking off tons, tons of the things that I wanted to cover with you. I, I wanted to ask. It sounds like you were generally pretty positive, but uh, th- thoughts on this year's Fox broadcast? I, Joe Buck talked less this year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's probably the reason why. One thing, uh, Gil Hans, nice guy, great designer, great redesigner. What's he doing on my TV screen? <laughs> like, take the, guy, take the guy on course, you know what I mean? And have him talk about the rebuilt 17th green in, the, in a new tee and how they... Uh, shave down some of the fairways towards the edges of the cliff. Have them talk about that. Don't don't put them on TV. You know what I mean? Have them do like a a Wednesday type deal when he's out there rolling balls on greens on 17. You know, talking how you can possibly hit the green but have to chip it due yeah. to the redesign. Yeah, no, I, I actually don't, don't don't have him don't have him in the booth. It's kind of funny because what, right as you're saying that, I didn't really think that while I was watching it, but it makes so much more sense because like I, all things you know, 
being being considered. I mean, Gilhans is actually pretty good on TV in terms of like guy knows how to talk. He's got a cool demeanor. He's usually got some good insight when it comes to design stuff. He's, he's a laid back guy. He's everyone a, yeah. everyone knows he's a laid back guy. Hey, loves Dave uh, Matthews. Have, loves have fish. Him on five you know? green. What's that? Ha- have him on five green. Have him out. Have him out by five green on Wednesday talking about Jack Nicholson's redesign. Yeah, of that hole. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I, I could not agree more. I think it's a great, great point on your part. But I, 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 yeah, Jim Buck talk last. Having Jim Nance on was just, that's the greatest thing. And I don't know who, who's, I guess it was maybe Joe Buck's idea, supposedly. Uh, anytime you can put Jim Nance in front of a freaking camera, <laughs> do it. Just do it. <laughs> uh, just do great, it. Yeah, it's a great call. Also, I, I anytime think. Anytime you can. One of the unsung heroes of the weekend, and you know what, I think within the golf community, I saw a lot of people showering a lot of praise on him, but I think it was all justified, and he's been doing it for a couple of years now for the Fox broadcast, but I, as far as play-by-play guys go, I think Shane Bacon is absolutely spectacular. Well, he knows what he's talking about. Dude, he, I mean, he's, he, got, he, got, he got through local qualifying. I know. He's a lefty, but he is a great stick. He's got a fucking great voice, and uh, he, I mean, he just knows how to be a great play-by-play guy. I don't think he's been doing it that long, but he is an absolute natural. I, no, I, I, I totally agree with you. I totally, I totally agree with you. Mm-hmm. And it's nice coming from a guy who who you know isn't faking it. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. A guy who's still that trying goes, to actively that play goes a long, That goes a long way. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, he was good. I, th- I think as far as analysts go, uh, I, I, I don't mind Azinger at all. I, I, w- I was perfectly fine. I thought he was good all weekend long. I also, I'm kind of with you. Like, I don't, I don't mind him. But he's not going to be one of my first picks. You know what I mean? No, I mean you know he's not. Uh, th- there's not going to be the same kind of talk when uh, Paul Azinger retires as uh, when uh, <laughs> old Johnny uh, did, hung the coat up a couple months yeah. ago. I mean it's just you know he's perfectly fine. Brad Faxon, the guy, the, the analyst that was uh, working with Shane, was perfectly fine as well. I thought, uh, I thought Brad did pretty good. Yeah, I, I thought so too. I, I had no complaints. He seemed to have a good amount of insight. It, it's funny too. Like, he, he seemed. He yeah. seemed to know uh, the players still pretty well. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean he's not that old, and he actually. Uh, so well, I think I think a lot of them come to help with you know short game the putting, which is really cool. He talked about that a couple times. Um, I wouldn't see why not. Yeah, that's that's yeah, it's a good guy to go to. Yeah, that putting stroke is just it's 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 like it's like watching a chef. Spread butter over a fillet in a cast iron grill. <laughs> I mean, it is. He's just basting the. Uh, it's so fun to watch that guy putt. Oh my god, it's fucking fantastic! I know he actually had some great, uh, some great stories he shared on uh, Shane Bacon has another podcast uh, called the Clubhouse, and uh, he had Brad Faxon on before the U.S. Open, and Faxon was sharing some stories about uh, when he was playing there at uh, one time when he got paired up with Fred Couples and uh, and Jack Nicholas. And like long story yes, short, that was a great story. You hear that story as well, which is just great. Just Freddie hitting drivers all day long, and Jack thinking, "I don't think it's a good idea." And Freddie just getting a kick yeah. out of it, just keeping hitting drivers, just just to, just to stress out Jack yeah. Nicholas. Oh, it's, it's really fantastic. Uh, oh. Yeah, in, in Jack's in Jack's voice, I don't think it's a good idea. I don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny. That is phenomenal. Um, yeah, man, I, I thought overall the Fox broadcast um, was pretty good. Um, I know they talked up like the, I thought the, their track man and the, the tracer and everything they had going on, even when they were doing like the split screen thing where they'd have it tracing on the right yeah. side. The, like I didn't mind that all that much. I, I'd probably still just prefer to have the, the mm-hmm. you know, the full, full screen just with the, uh, with the tracer. But I thought it was really, really good. I, 
it's really weird. What what do you think of the gentleman who was interviewing players after the round? I, I believe his name was Joel Klatt. Am I? Am, do I? Joel Klatt. He's a football guy. He's a football guy. Okay. What what, what did you He's think? Fox of Joel... College football guy. Yes. What what did you think uh, of Joel Klatt after after I, rounds I, I, interviewing I, I, players? I, I believe I believe I, I posted a tweet on Twitter. I called about it. Uh, at the beginning of the week, I'm like, this guy's a fish out of water. But then he kind of grew on me. Right. Like I, I don't know the guy's background. I don't know the guy's background if he plays golf or, or if he's just just really good with words. <laughs> he seemed he seemed a little nervous like on Thursday, but towards the end of the weekend, I was really impressed. Yeah, I I, I couldn't agree more. Like like not impressed. Like not impressed to the point like wow the guy's good. Like impressed that he like didn't fumble that bad. No, he like, like he. By Sunday, I was like, wow, like he's, he, and he's connecting with the players too. Like the players seem like they're yeah. Like, have you have you ever seen Brooks Kepka respect a like post round like you know interviewer more so than no, there? that was Brooks was like wow that was pretty great I mean a lot of it comes back to Brooks Brooks he, you know he throws a big old bear hug on G Dub after the win and it's you know it's they talked about it Novello and Duvall talked about it too you know he's graceful and lost he hasn't lost a lot lately mm-hmm. but still probably didn't feel like a loss to no. Brooks you know what I mean. Like, he's like, okay, uh, you can't control what Woodland's doing. And what he did was, he'll probably never do it again to that extent. And he talked about it. He's like, I, I feel really good about the week. Someone was like, are you disappointed? He's like, no. He's like, why should I be disappointed? He's like, I played really good golf. <laughs> I, like, mean, I, can't control what, I, can't, I can't control what G-Dub's doing. Like, that's. You like how I just started calling Gary Wood with G-Dub? Because I've got a couple of buddies. Garrett Waldron and Garrett Welfare that, that we, we call G-Dub or Dub. And it's, I need G-Dub now. But it's so, uh, boy, the Dodgers, I'm, I'm watching live on Mutineer. They're just not playing good baseball. I think the Giants are really good, Kyle. It was 2-1 when I walked out of the living room to come and uh, start start prepping for this thing. I, uh, score update? 3-2 to two final. 3-2 to two final Giants. They're just they're just a really they're just a really phenomenal the best, baseball they're team. They're the best ball club that's like 8, eight below 500. Uh, I, I, I compl- guarantee you I, that. I completely agree. Of every team in Major League Baseball sitting between 7 to 10 games under 500, I, I, I like the Giants' chances against any of them. Oh, B had a great start. Every single uh, All right, back to golf. Um, Woodland's a man. The one, okay, and the one thing before uh, we go off the uh, the broadcast, yeah. I, I, I did I did inquire about Joel Klatt because as good as he was, there is one thing that was missing, and that was my girl Holly Saunders. And uh, yeah, I, I, as good I as Joel as, Holly. as good as Joel Klatt is, it still just seemed like I was getting deprived. By yeah. Holly Saunders not being on that broadcast, and Jesper, we I, I, well, here, here's the thing. But here's my question to you: This is still a Fox property. I feel like keeping yeah. a gorgeous quasi playmate looking female in a uh, editorial role was right in their wheelhouse. I mean, what? what why would you? Yeah. Why would you take her off off camera? I I, I just I'm conf- I mean, granted, yeah. she's not blonde, so she doesn't. You know, it's not exactly. You know Fox protocol to keep her on 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 camera, but I mean, still, man, I mean, I I don't think you have to you know do a whole lot of investigating to figure out that Holly Saunders is a goddamn smoke show, and I wish she was still on the broadcast. Yeah. I wish they had found a spot for. Her. Yeah, that's it. That, that, that's all I yep. got. That's all you know. Just anyway. All right. We've talked. We've talked. You get that out of your system. Yeah, yeah it's, out of, it's out of my system. Okay. If if I if I need to vent again, I will just go to Holly's Instagram page and I'll I'll, I'll you know I'll, I'll work through some things. 
Um, <laughs> let's see here. Broadcast done. I got a couple last little items I want to touch on, uh, touch with you on just before we we call it here yeah. for a night. Um, what, the, what what the hell happened to Tiger this weekend? Uh, I, I played great last ten holes, or whatever it was. Uh, what was up? Yeah, with those I mean, first he started, six he started holes, talking man. about what? What was he started up with... talking about his back? And yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it when it gets cold, obviously he's not going to get as loose. He's not going to be uh, able to make his full turn. Uh, his carry yardages are going to be off. He's going to be in between clubs. He's not going to be swinging as confidently. It kind of, you know, it, it, it's a slippery slope with a bad back um, in cold weather. It really is. Uh, you know, you're going to have quick turnarounds mm-hmm. in the U.S. Open. You're going to be out there late, and then you're going to be up early the next day. Yeah. Um, it's. It's it's yeah. That's why it's one of the toughest tests in golf. But he sure played great. She was out of the tournament, <laughs> which you know for some people that's something that they battle a lot of their career. But yeah, I mean he came in. He, you know, he birdies thirteen, birdies fourteen, birdies sixteen, birdies eighteen, uh, four four under on the end with nine. Yeah. But uh, it yeah, he just didn't. He needed to get off to a good start. You know what I mean? He needed some confidence. Um, he just he made some mistakes. It just wasn't did, swinging as confidently. He looked so out of sorts, man, at the beginning of that round. Yeah, I mean, he The did. broadcast kept him being like, somebody needs to get this guy a cup of coffee or something like that. It looks like he's just not even interested. Yeah. And I, I couldn't really disagree with him. It, it, it was crazy how just out of it he seemed for those first couple holes until he finally started you know, get his act together. Was it... He birdied seven and birdied eight, or I know he birdied eight. With an incredible second yeah, shot I mean, on eight. Oh man! That, round one, you know, whoo. I mean, he, he has the the double on five, but he sandwiched birdies on four, six, and seven. Mm-hmm. It's uh, he just didn't have it this week. But no. that being said, like we say all the time, that being said, he still finished tied for twenty first. Yeah, isn't that crazy? <laughs> you know, he still finished two under with a lot of bad stretches. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like, he, you know, on on uh, Friday, the guy, you know, he, obviously he bogeys 8-9. Takes away a lot of momentum moving into the weekend. Uh, yeah. It's – I don't think we should spend too much time on it. Uh, if you would have told me he was going to finish tied for 21st in a major a couple years ago, I guarantee he would have taken it, uh, knowing uh, that he didn't yes. even play well. Yes. So, I mean, I don't know if he has any experience at Port Rush, but – Obviously, we know he likes Lynx golf. Uh, so, yeah, we'll I definitely have to I, see. It was def- hey, if he doesn't, if he if he were to shot like thirty six or thirty seven on his last nine holes, I think there's probably a, a little bit little bit different tone yeah. to our conversation. But the way he kind of finished with some momentum and very impressive, kind of positive things to focus on. I think, yeah, I mean, he's still going to be one of the favorites at, at Port Rush, no doubt. No, for sure. And and again, not to blow the uh, the Fox broadcast team too much more. Um, but one thing, I will, one thing I will say is I was actually very uh, impressed at Fox's restraint in that Tiger completely not being in contention at all on Sunday. They were not continuing to show Tiger Woods play a lot of golf on Sunday. I mean, they went to him on 18, but I felt like yeah. I hadn't watched him at all in like an hour and a half when they finally cut to that. <laughs> and you, th- dude, there's so many other like there's so many other networks you're, that would have not been able to resist no. watching Tiger, you know, 
13 strokes off the leader play the second shot on the 16th hole. Like, you know, there's so many networks that would just do it because they know so many of us would just eat it up because it's Tiger Woods. But I was very impressed that Fox was like, no, this is a great golf tournament we have here. We are going to show you the stuff that actually matters. And that's a, a tip of cap to the guys over there. Uh, nice. Max, Max Homa is one of the best follows on social media. Like, through 16 holes or 15 holes. He was like, uh, little do you guys know, but uh, Chez Reavy is actually still tied for third in the game, and you haven't seen him hit a shot yet. <laughs> uh, and then they, they, I think they might have actually shown him teeing off on 16, like 10 minutes after Homa tweeted that. Uh, the guy, guy finished tied for third, and I think he, he, they didn't show him hit one shot or putt in the first uh, 15 holes. That is kind of crazy. Yeah. They, they, did, they did show him tee off on one. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, he was in the second to last group. So, oh, yeah, okay, the third right. to last group. So, okay, I think right. they probably, by, by, by de facto, had to uh, show at least to y'all. Yeah, that, that, that's a good point. Wait, well, hey, speaking of uh, guys in the last couple groups, this is uh, a couple of some of the like the last guys I want to talk about here for uh, our pod tonight, but what the hell happened to Justin Rose and Rory McIlroy on Sunday? Uh, Rory just didn't have the stuff. Um, it was kind of amazing that he was using five under going into the weekend yeah i mean that is because he didn't he didn't have it well that's kind of how i felt about uh, rose i was like i mean shit dude what, what happens when this guy does you know oh, stop, so stops? i wanted to... yeah i was yeah. like go ahead yeah go ahead okay so the guy had like 34 or 35 one putts through 54 holes yeah it was and some... i immediately was like okay i am not betting that guy in the final round yeah. there's no way to keep that up no that guy was pulling and pushing putts with speed, and they were lifting in the first two days, and I was just like, "This, this can't, this can't keep up." This... It did not. The wheels fell off on Sunday. <laughs> the guy, yeah. the guy. I mean, shot seventy four. Course wasn't playing hard. He still finished tied for third. But yeah, no, and he hit it like shit all week, Kyle. That's what the guy ball well. Well, mate, that's what he. He's so fucking good. He hit the ball basically like dog shit from Thursday to Sunday, oh, and, and went and tied for third ball, in the U.S. Decent. Open. Oh. If he hits the ball decent the way the guy was putting, he might have beat Woodland. Yeah, yeah, C- completely agree. He definitely would have finished second. I mean, he, he was at seven. He definitely would have finished in front of Brooks. He hit the ball like shit and was in contention coming down the final nine on Sunday. That's great. I mean, shoot, man. If, if he puts US the, Open, that's yeah. great. If he puts the same way the first 54 holes and hits the ball well, the guy might have like a seven-shot cushion going to Sunday, and he might even be able to shoot us his 74 or 73 yeah. or whatever it was and still win. Like that. That's how good yeah. he was. Uh, but yeah. Okay. Uh, I know you said a couple more. I'm gonna throw a guy in. You, I don't know if you're gonna up. Please. Xander Shoffley. Oh. Is he kind of like Brooks? Is he kind of like Brooksy 2.0? Brooks Light. Uh, he's he's. I like that. I saw someone say that about Woodland Brooks Light. Uh, the guy's played in three U.S. Opens, and I think he's like tied six, tied fifth, tied third. Wow. Dude, he's. Uh, I was gonna say like, but he wins oh. more regular season events. <laughs> wait, 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 what was that? He wins more regular season events. He just top five. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> kind of uh, like, like there's not a lot of people that do that. So he's like maybe Phil two point uh, yeah, zero. Or Brooks San, or Brooks point five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, Xander is so good, and, and honestly, like. I'm not 100% sure how old he is, but I feel like he is still one of the younger guys. Oh, yeah. No, he's uh, – Xander, uh, he's – my guess would be 27. Okay. 
Yeah, even even twenty seven. Yeah. He almost seems like it's a little bit old. But yeah, I mean, I thought of all those guys like Spieth and like between all those guys, uh, like all the, the yeah, pretty young had, guys. It just seems had, like, yeah, he he might be the best one out of all of them, which is which is crazy. He to had say. he had bookend. He goes first round sixty six, final round sixty seven. He sandwiched a couple of uh, seventy three and a seventy one there. Dude. If you're looking inside the top twelve, the only people that really shot over par or even. It was like Rose on the last day, Louie, and Stenson shot even the second round. If he, if he, if he goes 70-70, right, then he finished at 11. Dude, Xander is 25. He played really well. He's 25. 25, yeah. So he's finishing That's, top 10 in the U.S. Open at age 23, 24, 25. I'm not going to lie, man. Yeah. Like, of, of all these guys like you, know, the Spieth, JT, all those guys are probably about 25 right now. I, I don't think it's crazy to say that he's – He's probably he might end up being the best out of all of them when it's all said and done. He's you, you, you got never game see him, for Nick, days. You, ne- you never see him. You never see the guy like flail. Like no. his misses are still really good. Dude. No, he's he's stones, he's got really dude. good golf. Player. He's absolute stones. And uh, you know, one of uh, my buddies who uh, uh, is on this podcast uh, along with you, uh, somewhat regularly, Chris Durr of the No Gimmies podcast. He uh, actually used to yeah. play high school golf with him down in San Diego. I think Chris is like twenty six or twenty seven, and, and Xander's twenty five. He's like, dude. When he was a freshman, you knew that he was just going to eviscerate everybody. Like it, the guy's just yeah. so damn good, and just he's just had it. He just figured it out. I'm like, damn, I would not bet against that guy. <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, not bet against that guy. Um, I got another name for you. Last tournament as an amateur, 2018 U.S. Amateur Champion Victor Hovland returned and goes sets the you ulti- brought him up. Oh, dude, four under. Oh, man. he goes 69, 67 opening. Woo. Final. He also won seventy three, seventy one. Thursday or uh, Friday, Saturday. Mm-hmm. Oof, dude, that guy. That start he got out to on Thursday. I was like, dude, oh, I, that was oh, the, his, oh, his his, his oh, Thursday was oh. like felt like Brooks's Sunday. Like that's how good it was. It oh. seemed like. Yeah. Oh no, that was dude. That guy's got a lot. Of, uh, Oklahoma State's putting on some decent golfers. I don't know if you know. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. Uh, I've heard they are track record average to better than average. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> It's crazy. Like, oh, by the way, did you uh, were you following your boy Club Pro uh, Club Pro guy this weekend? Saw a couple of them. I can take them in doses. Yeah, he was he was you know he he was in some uh, he was in sharp form for some of the weekend. I I like that they had a screenshot on Sunday of uh, like when they showed like Brooks' scorecard through five holes, and uh, they're just an arrow pointed to what was his his, his par was at number two was yeah because he had that like incredible like par save on number two, and then he birdied yeah. you know one three four five. Just as an arrow point in yeah. number two, and then just asking the question, could nerves finally be getting to Brooks Kepka? Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. So I had uh, I, I I fired back at uh, I clapped back at your guy uh, Skip Bayless. Uh, oh yeah. Um, so, I don't know if you saw something along the lines of uh, he said Brooks had a couple of epic misfires in the final round that led to Gary Woodland winning. And I just absolutely went off on the guy. Uh, and I'm like, dude, you have no idea what you're talking about. You have zero credibility. You're just making statements like that to try and stay relevant in sports that you're not familiar with. I go, you have no clue what you're talking about. No, he... A couple of yeah, epic d- misfires. What the fuck were you watching, Skip Bayless? I think Skip Bayless Go is watching back Brooks Kepka being wrong about every other sport. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's phenomenal. 
Yeah, I mean, maybe he's just seeing that he's missing putts that are actually really hard in like huge pressure situations, and is assuming that those are like easy. I I, I don't know. He's got he, epic misfires. What are you talking? Uh, the guy almost the guy almost jarred a three iron on a second shot on eighteen. What what epic misfire are you talking about? He yeah. hit it twenty five feet on seventeen. He hit it twenty five feet on sixteen. He hit an unbelievable second shot. On 15, after he hit it in the right route. Can you imagine? What is the guy talking about? Dude, can you imagine if Brooks Epic Kepka, misfires. Albatross on 18 for Brooks. He just cans that second oh. shot, and Gary Woodland has to make birdie to push a playoff. Oh, <laughs> oh that's a great what if. Oh, that is a great what if. Oh man, oh man, that's a great what if. Oh, that would have been that would have been something. Do you think? Do you think Skip still would have busting been busting Brooks's balls if he had canned? And out made what? an albatross on eighteen. Is is Skip Bayless still is giving Brooks doing? a guff? What what is he doing? Like seriously, who who makes it? We epic misfire. Is there a sport? The is there a sports talking head that you enjoy less than Skip Bayless? Maybe Stephen A. Smith. Oh, really? Between Stephen A. and, and Skip, you actually might side with Skip. I mean, can I go one one A? I mean, I I, I think they're both just outs, but like the. When Steve May got caught twice in this in this last year, like he was talking about, I forget what it was. He was talking about some football player, and the guy's been on injured reserve. He was talking about like a tight end saying, "Oh, the guy's having a great year." And I forget who was next to him. Is uh, Mark uh, the big guy that played for the Broncos? Uh, I he's like, dude, he's on injured reserve, and I, I guess he like didn't he didn't out him mid broadcast. Like he told him like commercial break. He's like. Dude, he hasn't played all year. He was talking about the tight end from the uh, Chargers. He's like, he hasn't played all year. Poor Hunter Henry. So, that's who he was talking about. <laughs> oh, he's obviously not that's playing enough fantasy football. About. Oh, nerd. And so, yeah, just like, I think Steph, or even a along the lines that Skip says stuff just to get it quoted and keep his name in the media. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty well. I, I got so to tell the you, two guys, two guys that I really don't enjoy. Ma- Max Kellerman has really just been hitting a lot. Just he's he's been he's, he's been misfiring a lot lately. I, I used to like Max Kellerman a little more, but he, yeah, I, I I I I thought he yeah I I I tend to agree with you. I used to be a Max Kellerman fan, especially when he called boxing. Um, yeah, no, but I it, yeah he's he's gone down a little bit for me. He's like a, he was like a, he was like a young Jim Lampley, and now he's just uh, yeah now he's just a broken broken Skip Bayless. <laughs> Which is really, really fortunate. All right, now that we are successfully uh, uh, done talking uh, ESPN media, uh, any final thoughts on this uh, very wonderful U.S. Open, your boat? It was good to see Louie in the mix. Uh, You know, we we thought he might have a chance this week. 100%. Uh, John Rahm actually played really well. Uh, Boy, it's fun watching that guy whine like a, just a, I think one of my lines was, uh, John Rom is whining like a turned away customer whose expired pizza coupon was not going to be honored. <laughs> uh, uh, In that round, and I forget who he was playing with. Uh, it might have even been Rose, or it might have been McElroy. But it's just like, dude, I I hear enough of this in the practice rounds for the Ryder Cup. Like, yeah. I don't need to hear this. In the middle of the U.S. Open, but also the you know, guy just whined. Unbelievable potential, 
but he's a freaking whiner. Almost kind of like he, you know, the guy at the, the pizza shop pointed out to him that it's expired, and all of a sudden it's been expired for like four years. And then at that point, it's so far expired that he's like kind of embarrassed, but then he just decides yeah. to double down and be even a bigger dickhead. That, 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 that might be, that, 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 if we wanted to get really specific, that actually might be where it's at. <laughs> Uh, quick, uh, just a, just a little quick one, please. Sort of on topic. Uh, potential patron comes in the pro shop today, and uh, my good friend Robert Braun is over signing the uh, league school cards, signing up. His uh, teammate Ryan Castillo is being checked in by my my colleague Rob Neal, and uh, a gentleman comes up and goes, uh, "So, what's uh, the deal with carts?" And I'm like, uh, "He's like, yeah, the carts." Uh, like, what's the deal? Like, how do you do that? And I'm like, as far as he's like, oh, I just uh, I want a rare cart. Like, uh, drive around. Uh, I mean, can I take the safe way? Uh, is it is it by the hour? And I go, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> Does this guy look like a and golfer? I almost think like he was sent in there to punk me. Um, <laughs> by one by one of our listeners. <laughs> Because he played it off dead straight, and then like it, like it, like a like a salty veteran goes over to the wedge rack, does a couple waggles, a little shopware on the bottom plastic, sets it back, and walks out. Like I think I might have got punked today, Kyle. I'm not kidding. Um, All right, I'm going to insist, even though we kind of do this at one point. I'm now going to absolutely insist. That at the end of each podcast that we do together, we're gonna have our tales from the golf shop segment, where you just get to die, you, you oh. get you get to give us you know one, two, or just however many lovely, incredible stories from the last week of the Bennett Valley Pro Shop that you've you, you've seen, because that is I think I, Kyle, I think this this will be therapeutic for me. Yes, yeah, so no, I, I mean honestly, I could probably just go to the handshakes and birdies like Instagram feed and get a, and get a somewhat good idea, but God, to actually get All your right. uh, get get the full input on the podcast, it almost seems too perfect. <laughs> Oh, uh, I think we got it. I think I think I think it's a must. What, oh, oh, oh! <laughs> the gen- the gentleman you've seen this van before in the Benner Valley parking lot. The yellow van that says LennonMurderTruth.com. Yes, yes. Wait. <laughs> so he's been a topic of a, of a couple of my videos. Yes. Did you see him on the broadcast? You're, you're goddamn right, I did. Absolutely. And you know what's funny? So I'm, I'm glad Azier, you brought it up. Oh, here goes. Who's the guy down there waving his sign? And I'm like. I like zoom in on like Lennon. I'm like, oh my god, it's Lightfoot. And there's a couple. It's like you remember Hot Rod, uh, Rich Davis fan. He's a rep for uh, Jones Golf Bags and uh, Donald Ross, and uh, um, just a, a great player for Davis. Now he lives in Sonoma. Okay. Uh, all of us old guys that have been around, been in Valley for a long time, were like, oh my god, that's Lightfoot. So. I go at Golf on Fox, at Zinger. That is no other than Bennett Valley's own conspiracy theorist, yellow van driving bozo, Steve Whitefoot. (laughs) (laughs) No response. But his his response live was so funny. Who is the guy with the sign? (laughs) (laughs) You know what's really perfect, too, is that but that at that point of the broadcast, I had a couple friends over my house watching. My wife is in the living room watching as well. She sees him. She's like, "What the fuck is that?" And she sees it. She immediately goes on. She's on her laptop, types in the website, 
Total crash job. So much traffic going to LennonMurderTruth.com. The website crashed and was not able to be viewed. He was almost, he was too successful. The website crashed. Bree tried, like my wife tried to look at it for almost five minutes of constant reloading. Never able oh. to access the website. Absolutely incredible. A huge, huge oh, traffic I'm, day yeah. for Mr. Lightfoot. Next time I see him, I'm, I'm going to ask him how the website's going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's too good. That's so, so Steve wonderful. Lightfoot. Uh, Better wow. Valley. A big, big footprint on the on this U.S. Open. You know, good, good, good job oh. for BV. Whoa. Oh, absolutely. God, that is phenomenal. Oh, I, I mean, I don't know about you, man. I, unless you got something else, that, that seems like a pretty perfect way to, uh, you know, put a bow on this thing. Right. Hey, love to the Warriors. Uh, I hope Clay and and KD sign and stay healthy and they get Ooh. the max. Boy, that, that was, was a hard, hard. Hey, it. You know, take it off the strong. It's not their fault. Those guys got hurt. You gotta no. get lucky to win championships. No, and, and they also got, they played fantastic as well. So Toronto they played. played they, Toronto they played, played great. great. They were healthy and they played great. Two two, two awesome yeah. things that you have to yeah. do to be able to win. And uh, no, they, they they were great, man. And I'm kind of with like I, I felt the same way about the Warriors. Where like I was not even really that upset that they didn't win a championship. Yeah. I was just so fucking bummed out for Clay and for KD, man. I mean, like I was just so horrible way to go out. Bummed for those guys. Like I, I, I didn't really even sleep all that well each of the nights after those two games, just because I was so bummed for those guys. It that fucking stinks that they can't play basketball for a full year. I mean, that just it just sucks. Anyway, all right, that's enough on the Warriors. Um, Boat, hell of a U.S. Open, man. I'm glad you enjoyed it as much as I did. That was uh, really fantastic. Look, lucky for us. What do we have to wait five weeks before we get the Open Championship? Yeah. God. Right around the corner. Oh my God, it's going to be so good. And and this and this Open is going to be so spectacular too. Uh, yes. Port- Portrait is going to be an absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal. So venue. excited for the venue! I've heard I've heard ridiculous things, so I can't. You're going to see. You're probably going to see some shots played from areas that you really. I mean, I'm trying to think. Uh, <laughs> from what I hear, it's very similar to County Down, and there's going to be some really interesting plays. Kyle. Yes, that's a problem. Yes. Yeah, no, I, I've heard that uh, County Down and this place are maybe, you know, easily the two best, but also the two most beautiful and incredible yeah. golf courses in all yeah. of Ireland. So uh, we, we should be in for a real treat. Starts one, Northern Ireland is gorgeous. Starts one month from today. If, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, it's one month from today. July 18th is Thursday yeah. of the Open Championship. So we're not going to be waiting very long, folks. we got uh, some more unbelievable major championship golf coming up this year, but Boat, uh, thank you again, man. This is absolutely awesome. Great talking with you, as always. And uh, you I guess we'll probably be back here in about a week or so. Sounds good, bud. All right. You got a partner. We will talk to you soon. See ya. Yes. Huge thank you to Jess. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, I certainly had a good time recording it with Jess. Um, if you guys want to support this podcast, the best way to do so is to leave us a review and a rating on iTunes. Uh, always appreciate the reviews. Uh, good ratings, also appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's just really wonderful. I saw there was a review on here recently that uh, called my voice Durable Velvet, and I've never felt so good about myself in my entire life. That So uh, that, that, that was phenomenal. Keep, keep them coming. My, my, uh, my, my ego could just use all the help it can get. So again, reviews, ratings on iTunes, great way to support the podcast other than that i hope you guys all have a wonderful week uh, i hope you enjoy that u.s open and uh, i will be back with you next week but until then adios